chattery, niggling thoughts and loud, long thoughts are different. Uh, the long, loud thoughts often take us into scenarios far in the future, in the past, while the little chattering thoughts are picking up this and that going on in our experience, not really straying too far from what's going on, but, you know, kind of commenting, questioning, doubting. These are two different kinds of thoughts. And today's question uh, looks into this, and the answer, I think, will be very helpful. Welcome to I Should Be Meditating with Alan Kleeman. The podcast for meditators who want to stay connected to meditation, not lose it to busyness and distraction, and find a constant stream of positive influence to stick with a mindful life. Welcome everyone to uh, another Thursday talk. So, first question. My thoughts are short chatterings in the background. I can hold my attention on my breath without too many long interruptions, but I have chattering in the background. I don't, pay, I don't pay attention to it. I just notice it behind or under my attention on the breath. It's like short bursts of thoughts between attention spans. Is that normal? Should I be paying attention to what the thoughts are before coming back to the breath? Or am I not really doing it right? Should I have longer stretches of thoughts? Maybe my attention is so short a span, it feels like I'm aware of my breath, but I'm actually shifting so fast between the breath and the thoughts. It's like swatting flies, kind of. This sounds weird. I'm not explaining it well. Well, I don't know about that last part. Uh, it doesn't sound weird at all. Uh, everyone out there, uh, raise your hands if you've had this thought, this feeling before. No, you explained it quite well. Uh, and uh, I think we all got it. And it doesn't sound weird. So there's a few things going on with this. Uh, the first thing that's coming up to me right now is just this sense of, you know, what should be happening here? What should I be doing? And is what's happening, you know, somehow off? And so the first thing that's coming up right now is, uh, is to trust yourself and trust what you're seeing. So whatever you're seeing, you know, that is what you're seeing. That's what's arising for you. And uh, very much mindfulness practice depends very much on, at some point, shifting over into, uh, let's call it a kind of an, an attitude of, this is not going to sound nice, but uh, being in it for me. Meaning, uh, not trying to attain some other person's idea of what's good in our life or what we should be doing and also what we should be seeing, what we should be observing and what we should be doing with that. Uh, but, uh, 
you know, switching over sooner or later into a seeing of things as they are. Only I can see my experience. Only I can experience my experience. And uh, really giving oneself over to that. Uh, that that seeing for oneself is uh, very much of value. And, uh, you know, I get it. I get that that value, as great and natural as it sounds when I say it, uh, it actually, in practice, can kind of run up against this other aspect of things where we're, we're kind of trying to learn something, trying to do something, do a technique, learn a technique, and where you want to, we're wanting to, you know, work off of the years and years, the thousands of years of other humans have, who have gone before us. So, uh, yeah, we, we do want to, maybe when we're starting out, some of us may want to learn to meditate. And then at, even as we're meditating, uh, and this person obviously has been meditating, Still, you know, look for advice from from friends, from good friends who've, you know, been around longer or for some reason or another might be able to comment on, you know, what's going on. But, you know, ultimately it comes back to seeing for ourselves. So that's the first thing that's coming up. But now let's get back to this, you know, kind of checking in with a friend, seeing, you know, what else can one say? So there's a lot of things that one could say because uh, this is a very detailed description of how it actually is. This chattering mind can't stop. So it's always going to be there. Once in a while, you know, I said it before, like if a bomb goes off in the street or uh, you know you practice a, you know a, a ton of meditation or else just on one you know magical day once in a while thinking will will subside temporarily but it'll be back whatever the condition is that suddenly stops our thought uh, you know it will be back because it's always there it's always peeking here peeking there picking this up dropping that picking up the other thing. It's just really busy roaming, roving around in our experience, commenting on this and that. Now what this meditator is noticing is that even when they're really sort of pretty much feeling the breath as consistently as they can, still there's all this chattering going on. So uh, there's two aspects of the question. One is like, what's going on or is this right? And what should I do? And on the what's going on, is this right angle, uh, I'm saying, yeah, it's totally right. And what's going on is, is just thinking. That's what the thinking mind does. It doesn't only wander around, you know, in fantasy and projection where you don't know who or what you are for a little while and then come back. Or That's one of the things that happens. But the other thing is it's just kind of poking around, speaking, commenting. 
It's kind of a little hyperactive. And so getting to the the sort of practical side of it, one great uh, metaphor that uh, my teacher gave is of a of like a manta ray in the ocean and it has all these little pilot fish that are like I guess they're like picking little parasites off the skin or something like that but if you've ever seen a nature channel you've seen this stingray manta ray with all these pilot fish swimming around and so you'd be like that you'd be like that manta ray that with the little pup the little pecking thoughts, just let them be there alongside with you for the ride. Don't pay them any mind, but also don't, you know, want them, don't chase them away either. Just let them be there. And you just emphasize, you know, what you want to emphasize. So in this case, uh, this meditator is, is breathing, doing breathing meditation. So... Just let those chattering thoughts go in and out and just emphasize the breathing so that it's like the breathing can be there, the breath can be there, and the chattering thoughts can be there too. Now there's something in the question, there was a little doubt in there about like, am I really feeling the breath or is it, and then switching to thoughts, or are they tacking back and forth? And, uh, you know, technically, in terms of a kind of a, a conscious, a very conscious sense of what we're actually feeling from moment to moment, technically, we're not really able to be, you know, conscious of two things at the same time. But that's just merely theoretical. In our actual experience, uh, you know, these things blend together. So practically, things can be present at the same time. But really, they might be actually alternating. And you may, at you know, certain points of clarity, may actually observe that alternation. But we don't need to be that fine-grained. Uh, that's also just getting a little too, a little too busy with thoughts. So one of the things that uh, we really want to practice, I think, uh, or I can sense very much from this questioner, that, that this questioner really, really senses the value of kind of leaving thoughts behind and is kind of asking permission, can I just forget this? And so uh, I'm saying... I'm saying yes, absolutely, just as a friend. Uh, listen to a few more uh, of my guided meditations and you'll probably see why, exactly why I might be expected to say such a thing. But yeah, just let, just forget about those thoughts. They're not important. If you can turn away from a thought and forget it, then it's really nothing to you. So why worry? Why trouble oneself with what is just a natural functioning of the mind? Now, of course, there's other times, 
and uh, the questioner wasn't asking this, but there are other times when we've got a, a, a particular subject that we're thinking about. And it, everywhere we turn, it follows us. And every time we try to turn away, it just comes back. It's a way of speaking. The truth is, you know, we're, we're invested in that thought and interested in that thought. And we're probably also believing that thought. So those kinds of thoughts that we're really invested in, really believing in, you know, we might have a quite a, a fight on our hands if we're, if we're going to try to, you know, turn away from that and just forget that. Uh, so we may need to, to sit and be with that thought, be with how it makes us feel. We may need to turn towards it, you know, deliberately, consciously. And we might do something like, like keep track of how many times it comes up and label that thought and label other thoughts, uh, like the questioner was also asking about. We might do that sometimes too when, when thought is really, really assailing us. But if there's a time when we can just let it go, then we should. I mean, that's really what meditation brings us to, ultimately. You know, along the way, we may look right into thought, we might investigate thought. And uh, I just took it on face value that the questioner was asking about a, a breathing meditation and, and staying with the breath. Uh, so there's plenty of room for including thought in our meditation and, uh, you know, really trying to attend to it. That can be fine, too. Uh, but ultimately, ultimately, it's really all about just getting out of all that. Getting out of all the dream scenarios that the thinking mind cooks up. All the imagined entities, imagined troubles. Just stepping out of all that. And living free uh, with things as they are. With this, this life as it is. We have this capacity to think, this capacity to project into the past and the future. And uh, I think we can all realize uh, the value of that, what we can use that for. Uh, but as it's often said, uh, it winds up using us, or that's what it feels like. We get tangled up in it and are living in it, and before we know it, we're unhappy, we're suffering. So coming out of that, coming out of thought, which means coming out of entanglement to thought, not coming out of there being thought, we still need to plan. And in any case, the mind is still going to be picking up this, picking up that, it's still going to be chattering, it's going to be doing all this stuff. How do we not suffer our thought? That's really what all this is about. That's what living free and spontaneously, that's what it's like. It's like thoughts come and invite a 
us to participate, but we have no interest. So they go away. Or we could say, so they don't stay. And so we can just live without that kind of harassment. But the pilot fish kind of thought, the just natural chattering, it's not really hindering us. It's not really spoiling our life. And uh, obviously, this meditator says, I don't have too many long interruptions. So, you know, that's probably changed since that was written. But, uh, you know, because every meditation is different. Uh, but, uh, and we'll all have long interruptions from time to time. But, you know, great if you're not having long interruptions. You know, you're, you're doing fine. So, you know, awesome. It's like swatting flies, kind of. That's right. What's suffering? Swatting flies. That's a lot of work. Another, uh, another thing I read, I, I can't remember who it was. Oh, Ajahn Amaro, I think, writing about thought and talking about how when he was his younger stages of meditation. He thought meditation was like shooting ducks. Every time a thought came up, pow, shoot that thought down, shoot that down, shot thought down. A lot of work, a lot of effort, and you never win. There's too many ducks. So let the thought come. The truth is, it can't hurt you. And uh, that's when, when we really start to get that. That thoughts come and go in us and they leave no trace. This is something that you can actually see and actually verify. I know uh, part of the mind might say, No, the thoughts come and, and they hurt and they damage me. Mm. That is so believable. It's so believable it, you know, shut me up there for a second. My heart uh, goes out to you, if it's so, if it appears to be so. And in a certain sense, I can agree with you that it appears to be so, it feels that way. The thoughts are coming in and they're making things worse and uh, we're getting wrapped up in certain kinds of thinking and, you know, when a certain kinds of thought come, we better watch out 
because things can get really bad after that, you know, that kind of, that kind of thing. And in a sense, uh, I could say to you that that's happening. But it's not the only thing happening. But it feels as though that's all that's happening. Because that's where attention is going. That's what attention is interested in. That's where it's sticking. So that's what's real. That's what feels real. And though we might not be, you know, terribly afraid of our own thoughts or terribly afraid of, you know, what avenues our thinking might take, you know, many of us can certainly identify with a junior version of that, like just just being very self-critical, having negative self-thoughts or worry thoughts. Really believing in and paying attention to thoughts like that. So in either case, that feels real. And for just now, I would say, okay, it sort of is real because its experience is real, it's felt to be real. But it's not the only thing. And sometimes these long, loud thoughts, these thoughts that capture our attention, uh, sometimes it's not a good idea to be with them. It's better to be distracted, to distract oneself from them with uh, a different meditation object or just not meditating at all, uh, with fun activities, television, I don't know what, anything. Sometimes it's not such a great idea, especially starting out with meditation, it's not such a great idea to really face our thoughts, face our negative thoughts. Uh, that adding that attention to them only fuels them more. So this is a, a balance, a delicate balance that we can find in life. But I just want to put that out there that uh, sometimes when we're starting out meditation, uh, being really depressed or really down on ourselves, uh, that that's not a, you know, when it's severe, that's not a good time to be meditating for most of us. Uh, it will just make that, you know, more vivid and uh, more difficult for us. Later, when uh, we've kind of found our ourselves in meditation, then it might be okay. And uh, for some of us, we may get waves of these things uh, coming to us, just as we're just as we're coming out of it, just as we're coming, you know, in our life coming completely out of this dream of trouble and suffering. And uh, these things may rise up, and, uh, and then maybe we need to, to welcome them in and see that, that they can't harm us. 
So there isn't a real rule of thumb that I can give about that. But uh, a soft rule of thumb can definitely give, which is if you can turn away from a thought, then do it. Turn away from it. Why not? Why dig around looking for trouble? And this rule of thumb is parallel to and quite compatible with freedom itself, which is not concerned with thought, not afraid of thought, not worried about thought, not thinking about thought, has no strategy for dealing with thought. And that's a good attitude to have in relation to these minor chattering thoughts. No strategy is fine. And it's also fine if you don't even realize if they're there or not there. Just like if you live near an airport, you don't hear the planes. Or you're a manta ray. You're not really thinking about these pilot fish following you around all the time. So not thinking about it, not concerned with it, it's almost as though it's not there. Those planes flying overhead, they're not really there. If I don't feel that they're a problem, if I'm not you know, paying attention to them, then effectively they're not there. So in another sense, we could say that although I said the chattering is always there, in a way it's also, it can also not be there. Because you're just so not concerned, not interested in it, that effectively it's not real for you. That's something... Uh, that we can listen to and is, you know, not potentially troublesome. Whereas facing up to our thoughts, looking into our negative thoughts, that's potentially troublesome uh, when we're in, our, in a, a severe state. Otherwise, it's probably okay from time to time to look into our thoughts and maybe even advisable. But it's always good to just leave it, just come out of it. That's always good. So whenever we can see and verify that thoughts come and go in us and do not leave a trace in us, we should. So at a very peaceful moment, or it could even be an unpeaceful moment, but with clarity, we can see that there's a part of us, well, let's just call it a part of us. I'll just call it a part of us for now. There's a part of us that's just not moved. It's not hurt. The thought arises and it passes away just like a reflection in a mirror 
shows up in the mirror and then it's gone and the mirror is the same. Or the happy cartoon plays on the, t on the big white screen in the movie theater. Then a dramatic violent movie plays on the same screen. At the end of the day, the screen is unchanged. There's something about us that's like that, isn't it? Because, you know, there were plenty of times when you were very upset about something in the past. And where is that now? Just last week, you may have been really worried about something. Where is that now? Is there any trace of it left in you? And then to really complete that, complete that seeing, we have to see what, what is meant by you here. And what is meant by you here can only be that aspect of you that's kind of been there when you were five years old, 25 years old, however many years old, in happy states, unhappy states, that these different events have been being really happy, being really sad, being really angry. They've come and gone in that. So the whole aim of meditation is to become a little bit more familiar with this aspect of things that is very real, very true, that doesn't change. And there are certainly times when it appears attention is so wrapped up in a lot of drama and change and fluctuation uh, that uh, what I'm saying, what I'm pointing to doesn't seem to be true or doesn't seem to be there. But when you come back to it, when you come back to your sense of presence, that aspect of yourself that thought arises in and passes away, that doesn't have a trace, when you come back to that and recognize that, you know that it's always here. It's always so. And that the thoughts that arise, little thoughts, big thoughts, they don't really do anything to that. So the sort of deeper reason why I was answering that question that way is not only because the questioner sensed what they really wanted, which was to just, you know, forget about this thought stuff and go with, you know, what's, what's happening, what they're feeling, the breath or thought or whatever, just not, you know, labor under the burden of having to deal with thought. So I answered it that way 
not because of the questioner, and also for this other reason, because ultimately that is what meditation is about, about recognizing that that thought doesn't really matter. And again, that doesn't mean that sometimes it really seems like it's the only thing that matters. It may seem like that sometimes, and we might need to do something about that. We might need to face our thought. We might need to reframe our thought. We may need to talk to a counselor. I don't know. We can work with thought in meditation and elsewhere. Uh, definitely. That might be wise. But ultimately, ultimately, you know, freedom lies in just uh, let the mind think what it wants. I remain as I am. And I'm not very interested in thought anyway. And even this I that I was just using in these sentences as just a thought too. So there's no need even to bother with any of this. That's that's freedom. Freedom is the, the end of something. It's not getting to some place. It's the end of getting tangled up in our thoughts. Not the end of thought. Freedom isn't the end of thought. And it's not the, the gaining of anything. It's the end of something. So when we're practicing meditation, in various contexts we might do take various strategies, but ultimately its point is to end something. Or even we could say be completely indifferent to something. And that's, that's this thought. So we can practice this, meditating, whether we're having long trains of thought or little chattering. Remember that uh, these can be known, they can be attended to or not. But really, you know, try not to see them as a problem, as wrong, thinking as wrong, as a big problem. Ultimately, the tide will shift. Now it may feel like one is entangled in thought and trying to get out, but the tide can shift where it really starts to feel like thought beckons and we don't answer. So by hook or crook, by accident, or just by grace, by just exposing oneself, one's attention, opening oneself to the messages that are pointing in this direction, uh, that shift can happen. And there's even 
you know, something beyond that shift. Which is even uh, a lack of interest in that shift itself. Now we speak of shift because it's useful. Later you may have no need of useful things. Well, if that went a little bit too far, uh, forgive me. Uh, but uh, let's bring it back to a very simple answer that uh, sometimes thought schmott. Let it do what it wants. You remain as you are. Or you remain with what you want to remain with. In this case, the breath. Far better to place a positive emphasis on the breath than a negative emphasis on thought. So, say yes to thought. Oops, sorry. <laughs> yeah, say yes to thought, but say more yes to the breath in the answer to this question. What to do? Put more yes on the breath and less no on the thought. You're in a good place, questioner. So, so go with that. Uh, as you, as you knew, you should. So, uh, that was only one question for today's talk. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll do more questions the next time. In any case, uh, live meetings, live question and answer is coming soon. So please go to IShouldBeMeditating.com and uh, let me know what your questions are. And let me know when is a good time to hold the, the live meetings. They're coming soon. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I'll see you then or in the next guided meditation. Bye-bye now. Thank you for listening to I Should Be Meditating with Alan Klima. For more help with meditation, to connect with other meditators, and deepen your practice, go to ishouldbemeditating.com.